I now am an attender of uh, sex clubs at night whilst I still attend my ultra-Orthodox seminary during the day. This episode contains discussions of graphic sex. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret. I'll tell you mine. Sometimes you have to go through the darkness to reach the light. That's what I did. After 12 years of recovery in sex and love addiction, I finally found my soulmate, myself. Please join me in my novel, Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict, a four-time bestseller on Amazon. It's a brutal, honest, raw, gnarly ride, but hilarious at the same time. Check it out now on Amazon. Welcome to Secret Life Podcast. I'm Brianne Davis-Gant. Today, I'm pulling back the curtains of all kinds of human secrets. We'll hear about what people are hiding from themselves or others. You know, those deep, dark secrets you probably want to take to your grave? Are those lighter, funnier secrets that are just plain embarrassing? Really, the how, what, when, where, and why of it all. Today, my guest is Aaron. Now, Aaron, I have a question for you. Dun, dun, dun. What is your secret? Hey, Brianne, it's so exciting to be on your podcast. So my secret is that I grew up in an ultra-Orthodox Jewish community where the whole topic of sex is completely taboo. And through a long process through my teenage years, I now am an attender of uh, sex clubs at night whilst I still attend my ultra-Orthodox seminary during the day. Oh, wow. Wow. So let's go back, if you can. You grew up in this community. Can you tell us a little bit about the community? So the community is very insular. Mm -hmm. We stand out quite a lot, and we're not so similar to typical people. So we so we dress very differently. So, for example, all the men um, dressed in like white shirts and black suits and black hats, mm -hmm. and the women. The women also have uh, very strict rules of dress uh that their knees and their collarbones and shoulders have to be covered and on top of that there's there's lots of rules in the community and it's very it's very insular people aren't people don't really know people outside of the community mm -hmm. and there's very little interaction with the outside world for example lots of people have very little access to internet um many people don't have mobile phones in my uh ultra orthodox seminary Mm -hmm. where I'm currently studying, you, there's a very strict filter policy on phones and you're not really allowed access to the internet. Mm -hmm. um, so it, so the community is very insular. As in Jew, Jews in general throughout the world are only about 15 million people. Mm -hmm. And then Orthodox Jews are a very small minority of that, maybe, maybe a couple of million. And then ultra-Orthodox Jews, uh, there might be about a million in the wow. world. So it's So it's not very... It's not very big. And as you can tell from my accent, I'm from England, where we have an ultra-Orthodox Jewish community, but it's not the biggest one in the world. The biggest ones are in America and in Israel. So in our total community, there's probably only about maybe 20,000 of us. Wow. 
Yeah. And now do you, okay. So when was, okay. I have so many questions because this is not a world I know anything about. So I'm getting educated at the same time. But when did you realize that there was this whole other world? Did you go on the internet? What, what age did that start where the sexuality was more in your face? So, yeah, so it was, it was completely by chance because okay. in my community, the topic of sex is completely taboo, meaning that as I grew up, I was never educated at all about sex. I didn't even know what sex was. I didn't know what your sexual body parts, how to uh, refer to them. And it was probably about somewhere in my mid-teens that I started playing with my body as like teens typically do. Yes. And I realized that when I touched my dick, it felt pleasurable. Yes. And it like got me intrigued and I wanted to be able to take that pleasure further. So one day we only have, we only have one uh, computer in, in the house. Uh, okay. that's it. And there's, there's eight of us in the family. So I had to look for quite a secret time uh, to, to go on the internet. So I, one day when the whole family was out, I happened to be the only person at home. Okay. And I thought I would search up on the internet um, how, I, how I could, how I could further this. Uh So, but but as I said, the problem which I had was that my sex education was so limited that I didn't even know any words to refer to my private parts. So I wanted to do this. Like you didn't know penis or dick. You didn't know those words. No, no, Okay. So I went, so I went onto Google and I didn't even know what to look up. I needed to know the the term to refer to it. So I, so I started off by looking up something along the lines of what is the name of your body parts between your legs, something like that. And um, the answer I got on the internet was testicles. So I looked up a picture of testicles and I realized that that was near, but not exactly the thing I was referring to. So then I looked up something along the lines of what is the name of your body part above your testicles? And what appeared was a diagram of the male anatomy. And Mm -hmm. I realized that part that I was referring to was called a penis. So now I had the appropriate terminology to be able to, to be able to look up how to make my penis feel good. So that's Mm -hmm. exactly what I did. And I clicked on the first website that came up and it essentially told me the basics of, uh, masturbation, which was another word that I learned for the first time. It said Mm -hmm. something like wrap your hand around the length of your penis and stroke up and down. And I obviously that that was useful information. And I cleared (laughs) the internet history on the computer before going back to my room to try and put the new information I'd learned um, into action. Yes. And um, before I had experienced pleasure by touching my dick, but I'd never touched it in a coordinated way. So, that, so this was my first, ex- so this like first experience mm-hmm. was like one of the most amazing things that ever happened to me. And I, could, I couldn't believe it when it increased in size and everything felt even more pleasurable. And after a few minutes, I came for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, but I was a bit, I didn't know that that's what happened. So I was a bit freaked out. <gasps> I, oh my God, I can imagine. You freaked out. Yeah, <laughs> since it obviously didn't look like what usually comes out of your mm-hmm. penis. Yeah. So I, was a bit, so I was a bit worried. And I was like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't do that again. That, that, that didn't seem right. And so I obviously didn't hurt. It was really yeah. pleasurable. And, and there was there was nothing I really could do because who, who, the obvious people to go to to share the problem with, I couldn't go to to share the problem with. Right, right, right. I, I couldn't tell my parents 
um, about this. So I was, so I, I, I had to keep it to myself. There was nobody who I felt I could express that concern with, express that, um, that, that, uh, a lot of teenagers as they, as they grew up, they have lots of people who they can, who they can share their experiences with. And I really didn't have that. I had to completely keep everything I was feeling and everything I was experiencing to myself. If that yes. makes sense. So after a couple of days, I was home alone again. Mm-hmm. And I really want to, to experience that feeling of pleasure again. So I thought I would go back on the computer and I would see if there was a video of someone else doing it. And then I could see if that end, uh, to call it, to call it matched that way. Matched up that, with uh, yours. Yeah, matched <laughs> up with mine. Right, that's a good way to put it. So sure enough, so sure enough I looked it up and I found a video on Pornhub of a guy jerking off. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, what happened at the end was the exact same thing that happened to me. So um, I was like, great, that's pretty cool. And But another thing had happened, which was that suddenly I found myself on my first porn site. <gasps> and yes. I saw that there were lots of other videos there. And I was intrigued to see what other videos were were on the site. So, of course, it wasn't too long until I saw two people having sex for the first time. Yeah. And it looked like the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. And I couldn't believe how much pleasure it looked like these two people were having. And um, I wanted to see more. So a few months later, when it was my birthday, I used the money my grandparents gave me for my birthday to buy a laptop in secret, which I hid in my room. <gasps> and I actually successfully, I successfully hid for... Um, a few years yeah. and this was the start of a couple of years of exploring myself um through masturbation and watching porn and how often do you and, think you did that after you got the laptop was it every day yeah probably every evening yeah yeah and do you think so it went on did you ever get caught with the laptop or no no, so I've never <gasps> throughout my Your entire secret kept 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 secret for a long time. You, you are you are seriously you're the you're the first person <gasps> in the world to to hear it. I'm serious. Oh my god, I'm so honored. Okay, so you <laughs> didn't get caught with the laptop. Take us to the no. next level. So I guess it was during that time that I found out that both of these activities, both um, jerking off mm-hmm. and watching porn, were forbidden by my religion. And I guess I was kind of, I was, I was at a point where I was like, I kind of have to choose. Um, and, but I, it was just the most enjoyable thing that happened in my life. And it was like the thing I most look forward to every day when I got home from school. So Mm -hmm. I like, I, I refused to, to, to give it up and I wasn't going to let these laws stop me from enjoying myself. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I guess I, stayed within my community because I didn't have anywhere else to go. I didn't know any people in the outside world. Right. And I didn't, I, I, there was just nothing. There was just nothing I could, there, there was no other world that I could, could turn go to. to. So I had to stay yeah. in my world, but do this in secret within the world that I was in. Yes, and that sounds like, just so you know, a lot of people do that in there. <laughs> they uh, feel the exact yeah. same way. They want to do this thing, but then they have to stay in the world they're in. So you're not the only yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. So through continued exploration of the porn world, mm-hmm. around the time of the pandemic, um, I came to find OnlyFans. And <gasps> I'd, saved up, I'd saved up quite a bit of money. Okay. Um, 
And so I decided to to subscribe to some girls since I particularly since I particularly like the idea of like being able to interact personally with them. And for right. me, it was like particularly exciting because it was the first time I was like talking to people outside of my community. Can I ask so, you a question first before we get yeah. into the OnlyFans? Have yeah. in your community you don't really date either, right? Like, so it's not like you've no. been on dates with people or like having that interaction. I mean, it was probably the first time I talked to a girl outside my family in my life. Really? And I was probably about, I was probably about 16, 17. Wow. Yeah. So this is like a whole new world for you opening yeah. up like you. So normally when you were at school and stuff, you don't communicate with the opposite sex. So they're completely, completely separate. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I mean, even even say, say my, my family is particularly, um, ultra Orthodox. And like, Mm -hmm. if we have other families, um, to our house to to eat together, like the men and the women eat separately. (gasps) It's like, it's very, it's very like socially closed off. Interesting. So how do you find your, I know we're going to go back to the only, don't worry, people will go back, but how do you find your life partners who you're, how does that are you like matched? How does that work in your community? So my community, um, in my community, the way it works mm-hmm. is that there's kind of, I guess, there's there's people who introduce um, boys and girls, but but they don't. They they you 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 only start to get introduced to people of the opposite sex like when you're ready to get married, meaning you're dating mm-hmm. entirely for the purpose of marriage. Got it. And. If 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 the if the two families I guess think it will work, the boy and the girl uh, meet up, mm-hmm. and usually usually you decide very quickly, like basically yes or no. So even meaning that somebody who you might marry, mm-hmm. um, it's very normal in my community to only have met them say three times or something, Got it. two three times. So it's like a yeah. matchmaker, somebody like matchmaker or the families come together and say hey I think this is a good match meaning in my community which isn't necessarily the same in every community you can say no if like if you don't if you don't want it you got it you're you're not forced into it you're not forced into it I wouldn't call it I wouldn't call it arranged marriage. No, I wasn't Um, getting that either. But thank you for clarifying because it doesn't seem like you're forced into it, but it's definitely like you're not dating the field and then seeing what you like. There's no like dating someone for three years and then you get married. Got it, got it. That's not how it's done. Okay, let's go back Um, to the OnlyFans. I just wanted to clarify like how you actually did meet somebody. So you went on OnlyFans. It's the first time you've talked to Mm. the opposite sex. So I used, I used it for a while during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, at a certain point, I came across a couple on OnlyFans who not only DM their subscribers, but also do like Skype calls. Um, yeah, like video for calls. For a fee. Yeah. Yeah. And, How much is that fee? I Can you tell that, us? Uh, so I think it was maybe something like $400 an hour. Mm, like got that. it. So okay. it's it's pretty expensive, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess I saved up quite a bit. I was like very set on doing this, and I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to really make the most of one time doing it. Um, <laughs> and I got I I got to watch them uh, having sex, and it was the first time I'd seen two people um, have sex live. Mm-hmm. And I told them it was something I really wanted to experience. Uh, on the one hand, 
But on the other hand, there was just nobody I knew. There was nobody I could do this with in my community. There was nobody in my social circle. Um, even if I liked them, I couldn't, I, that, that wasn't something I could ask them. Yeah. And so she suggested to me, and I, I think I was, I was 18 years old at the time mm-hmm. that I should try out, um, going to a sex club. And that would be a place where I could meet random people and who would be, who would potentially be interested in having sex with me. So that was how, um, I guess that was the course of events the intro to, to the world to a sex club yeah okay so you go to your first sex club how was that was it terrifying because i'm terrified right now for you <laughs> at 18 yeah at 18, i've never been to a sex club people so i have no idea what you're about to tell me so i'm 18, very fascinated at 18 uh-huh at 18 and a virgin <laughs> Oh my God. And a virgin. I didn't even think about that. Okay. Take us there. Take us to the moment. So I guess I was, I went in Uh and it was, it was an environment that was really alien to me. And I just, uh, it took me a while. Meaning luckily it was where I was. It was, I got there at the beginning of the night and I had a long time, I guess, to kind of settle in, Uh but it definitely took me, it took me at least like an hour of just, I guess, small talk with a few people and kind of watching what was going on, kind of scouting out the place a bit, I guess. Um, they give me, they give me like a small tour, um, until I really like felt down, uh, to get involved. Okay. Um, but once I eventually I met, um, a couple who I guess it was, it was like that thing that they really enjoy, um, uh, playing with, uh, younger, younger people. Uh-huh. And I started talking to them and they were really nice to me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it eventually, it eventually led to me losing my virginity in a threesome in a sex club. Okay. But, but what did the room look like? Mm-hmm. Like what, how did, were you, were you nervous? Were you excited? Like what, give us the details because right now I'm like, did you just walk into a dark room and there's like beds in another room? Like, what did it look like? How did you I mean, even was, find the sex club? Did you Google it? Yeah, so I so so I I googled it and uh-huh. um and I you had to, you had to become a member. Um, okay. So I purchased membership for a fee, mm-hmm. and and I went the first time, and they they showed me around. It was like a really nice setup, lots of rooms, okay. um, lots of beds. I guess that there was kind of a there's an area when you go in, mm-hmm. um which is like, which is more with, with like a, a bar, which is kind of more for just mingling. Um, there's not really any play going on in there. And then you've got like public rooms and private rooms, um, all of a range of different sizes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I guess that's kind of where it all goes down. Um, so we went, we went, the, the two of them mm-hmm. took me into, into a private room. Uh, and that's where I guess it was, it was like a reasonable size room, um, with like a queen size bed. Okay. And yeah, that was, that was where I went down in terms of like emotions. I guess I was feeling both excited and nervous. I was okay. nervous because like, I'd never experienced anything like this, anything even close to this in my life before. And it was just completely alien to the world I was coming from. And it was such a big deal, um, especially in the world in which I live. Meaning if anybody found out about this, meaning I kind of knew where I was that no one would find out about it. Right. But if anybody did, I'd 
just would be completely ostracized from my community. So whenever you're engaging in an act that has that potential kind of risk, it's always going to be scary in a certain sense. Um, And it heightens it and it it makes it more exciting because it's forbidden, right? Forbidden. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but it it also meant I was nervous. But then at the same time, this was something I so wanted to do for like a few years by now. So I guess I felt that, meaning, I guess I had to be savvy and I couldn't do this in my community. And I'd finally figured out a way in which I was able to do this um, with people who wouldn't judge me, Mm -hmm. with people who kind of wanted the same. And therefore, I was very excited to, I guess, finally do it for the first time. Well, here's so a question I have for you. I have a question yeah. for you, though, that I, I've been wanting. You don't have to answer it if you don't want to. But when you were doing, was it mostly with the female or did you do sexual acts with the husband as well? Both. So, so, did so it was the only, whole shebang. <laughs> no, it was only it was only with the female. Did, was um, the husband watching? Was that his yeah. thing? Got it. That okay. Was, that, that was his thing. And um, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm straight, so I didn't, I didn't, uh, engage with that. And it's okay. not something I, I have done and okay. probably not something I really plan to do. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, I guess it was quite enjoyable being watched and it's kind yeah. of meaning for me, it's not even for me now I've, I've, I've been to sex ops a whole bunch of times, but how I many probably, times do you think you've gone since then? Probably at least 50. least 50? Are um, you still going yeah. now? Yeah. And you're still in your community now? Yeah. Wow. Um, and they, um, but meaning, meaning I'm kind of used to mm-hmm. um, having sex whilst being watched because meaning I've never, it's where I'm most used to having sex, which is very much unlike most people, obviously. Most, yeah. And for me, almost when I've, a couple of times I've been mm-hmm. with like just a girl mm-hmm. and it almost feels like I'm understimulated in terms of what's <gasps> going on around wow. me. Wow. Yes. It's like, cause you already went to that other extreme going back to like, AKA normal, just with one other person doesn't For feel me, normal is not normal. Yes. It's, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. Cause I just, so, you know, have never been watched having sex. So I have no idea what that is about. So it's like yeah. my experience and your experience, our normals are so different. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Okay. How many years has this been going on? This secret world? I'm now, I'm now almost 20. So probably about just over a year and a half. Oh, and do you see yourself ever quitting? Um, If I want to get married in my community, I have to, I think. You think? Yeah. (laughs) I love how you put that in. Because here's the thing. It's like once you've gone to that level is just being with one person going to fulfill that need. So I don't know. Meaning I do, I guess I do kind of Mm -hmm. have an aspiration to, to build a life with a, with a woman and to, and to build a family. And, and I think, and I think to permanently stay in the lifestyle would mean I don't get that either. So I, so I'm wondering, I don't know, maybe it's completely unrealistic, but I wonder if it's realistic to, I guess, balance the two worlds until I get married. And then I guess in a sense, I will have done my time 
and I'm able to I'm able to just transition to a life with just a monogamous life with one woman. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, who knows, but my question for you is do you think a part of you right now and this could be yes or no, I don't know, is addicted to that whole lifestyle? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, I don't, meaning, meaning I think that sometimes the situation means I can't go or I can't go for a, I can't go for say a couple of weeks and I'm like, fine when I don't go, okay. I'm, I'm cool. But like, I guess I really enjoy it. So when I hear, if I have the opportunity, mm-hmm. I do go, I'm not sure. I don't know if I, it's hard to say. I don't guess, I guess I don't really know the psychology of it well enough to know if I'm addicted Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I think I can go without it. Um, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. I'm not exactly sure about the answer to that question. Yeah, I'm not either. Cause it's, 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 I understand like, you know, over-sexualizing and doing and all of that. It's like, how do you then transition to the AK normal way or whatever yeah. with, with one person? I just don't know because your first sexual experience was in this environment online with two other people, you know, uh, watching them and then taking that was your first sexual in-person experience with two other people being watched. I just don't know either. It will be know, fascinating. And, since then, and yeah. since then, yeah, and since then, the other things which I've the other things which I've done have only been, I guess, more kind of extreme. So, yes, uh, uh, meaning I've. I've participated in orgies and gangbangs and really, um, yeah. So it's only meaning, I guess that's almost like my first experience was almost the most vanilla I've done. <laughs> yeah. And your first experience for me is like sherbet, like rainbow, like it's not vanilla, you yeah, know? Yeah. So I'm just saying is like, do you think because it, it went to that extreme that you could ever go back sexually? Yeah, so I'm saying I'm not. I'm not sure. I have to. I think. I think it's. I think I. I think I don't want to worry about it right now. No, I don't want you to worry about it right now either. I just. I. It will be interesting. Maybe you can check back in a year and let me know. Because are you getting to the age where you have to find your partner soon? Because I know in those communities, usually you're younger, yeah, well, right? So I would say mm-hmm. I'm 19 now. Mm-hmm. I'm. Probably typically in my community, 22, 23. Mm-hmm. So I still, girls are a bit younger than guys. Um, it's very typical for like, like the classic is for like 22 year old guy to marry like 20 year old girl. That's like, that's the very, that's very classic. So like, mm-hmm. so, to, to, so say, but that's still like three years away. But by then, say, say, say I'm still in the lifestyle then. Mm-hmm. I will have spent almost five years that it's quite a long time then to like completely do the reverse. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. But I just keep thinking this is the thing that I keep thinking. It's like you're already in this place of jeopardizing being ostracized, right? Yeah. This is risky behavior, correct? For your mm-hmm. for the world you you live in. So once we get used to living in that risky place, when we try to go back, it's this, it it doesn't feel we're as stimulated just in general. Hmm. I, 
yeah, but I but in a in a certain sense though mm-hmm. the the reason why I originally came the reason why I originally came mm-hmm. uh, into this lifestyle is just because I wanted to have sex, not because not for any like not for I guess the extreme nature of the uh-huh. sex that often goes on in sex clubs, right. and maybe what, what I'm just wondering is. Like in a marriage, meaning obviously in in my community, you can't do it before marriage. So if I wanted to do it before marriage, this was the only solution for me. Correct. Um, But once I am married, I don't know if, I don't know if like, all I need is like the sex. And once I'm married, oh, great. I have that. So I don't really need the lifestyle anymore. Or that now as a result of getting into this, I've experienced all these more like extreme potentially more stimulating um i guess circumstances Mm -hmm. i'll feel the need to get more uh i'll I'll feel the need for specifically that and i won't be able to go i won't be able to go to a normal normal relationship call it a normal relationship yeah listen i don't know either all i know is when we do these things at a younger age it affects us later down the line but i have no clue so please keep us in the loop (laughs) if if you know anything comes up but i'm so grateful for you coming on and sharing this i learned so much today is there anything else you want the people to understand like living these two different lives at the same time that comes up for you, or if someone's living a double life as well, any like words of wisdom for them? I I think that what's really hard Mm -hmm. is that nobody in my community knows what I do say at night Mm -hmm. and nobody in the, nobody who I'm interacting with at night knows the community that I come from. Yeah. And this is really the first time in my life that anyone has has found out um, has found out, I guess, both sides to me. Um, and it's very hard to live without anybody knowing who you really are. Yeah, um, that's it. Makes it very hard to, I guess, have meaningful uh, connections with people because any time you have a friendship or any any kind of relationship, you're, you're like, ah, oh, but this person doesn't really know who I am yeah and and I I don't I don't really know the solution to that I guess I'm kind of sharing a problem more than a solution um it's hard for me to give words of wisdom I only words words of wisdom I can have is I guess if you're gonna do it do it well don't get caught (laughs) don't get Uh, caught oh my god you you sound like me because here's the thing I lived a double life for so long and I talk about it often that I lived this double life I was two people in two different worlds. And the moment it finally connected and I got to live as like a whole person, I saw all, like you said, all the connections I never fully made. And I was completely never present in one place. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I, I can, I can, that, that I completely hear with that. Um, so I guess we'll have to hear we'll have to hear please reach out please keep me in the loop I've got so much more to tell you we barely we barely touched the surface oh my god we barely did but I'll have you on again how's that we'll bring you back on yeah yeah. yeah that was great fun thanks for having me thank you Aaron for coming on and I appreciate you and uh if anything else comes up please let me know like I feel like we just scratched the surface yeah All right. If you want to be on the show, please email me at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. 
Until next time. Thanks again for listening to the show. Please subscribe, rate, share, or send me a note at secretlifepodcast.com. And if you'd like to check out my book, head over to secretlifenovel.com or Amazon to pick up a copy for yourself or someone you love. Thanks again. See you soon.